0: Oh, I'm sorry, we're on. (laughs) We're live. We live. (laughs) So welcome to No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. uh, presented by Belly Up Sports in Association with Godzilla Media. Actually, Dustin, I want to phrase a question to uh to our to our new friend uh Bishop Bullwinkle. Bishop Bullwinkle, do you need a press pass to talk sports?
1: <laughs> oh, I, man. I, I totally stole Snowman's bit uh, <laughs> that one well that that is a classic I um, I first heard about that on your mom's house podcast a few years ago shout out to Tom and Christina I know you're both watching you're wa- I know are uh, big you're, we know you're big fans of the podcast yeah yeah
0: we and also
1: Yes, yeah. we keep our jeans high and tight we keep our jeans high and tight on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> but that's where I first discovered the magic of Bishop Bullwinkle. And let me tell you, if he gets into the full song, the tenor changes a little bit. But that the part that you played is the chorus. He got he that's a recurring motif throughout the song. <laughs> and Snowman says, be you tip <clears throat>
0: Before we go into tonight's episode, we talk about everything that went on this week in the NFL. Let's talk about our social media channels. You can find right down here if you're watching on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. It's at no creds R-E-Q, facebook.com forward slash no creds req. And if you're watching on YouTube, it's youtube.com forward slash at no creds req. If you're watching on either Facebook or YouTube, smash it smash that like button i'll have to make a roll i'll have to make an overlay for that button. yeah smash that like button we smash the like that.
1: button ring the bell as well so you know when mm-hmm. we go live
0: indeed and also if you're listening on the audio side subscribe to the podcast megaphone is our home base but you can find us on apple podcast spotify spreaker google play iheart radio wherever you podcast and if you leave a rating five stars is the preferred number of stars to leave for the podcast and also if you're so kind to review leave a review we'll even read it on the air and Dustin I know you've been waiting all weekend to hear this sound gotta play that beautiful bean footage <laughs> That's right I folks
1: remember.
0: whether you're watching on Facebook YouTube or Twitter which is our main three net, our main three channels to where we stream engage with the engage with the show leave your comments we want your comments we've already got some folks watching right now we got snowman saying he's the first in thank you for joining us snowman also got kevin wilson from our fantasy from Billy up fantasy sports this is right behind the snowman and a fellow uh seahawks fan in uh, in uh in seahawks brotherhood uh yes. with uh, uh for uh, <laughs> uh for for dustin so Without further ado, let's get things started and talk about this weekend's games. Start with Saturday afternoon's matinee game. Jaguars at... You well, didn't say matinee. You say late afternoon game. Jaguars at Chiefs. This was a very surprising game. In mm-hmm. and, and, and many ways. Because you had Patrick Mahomes go down with an injury. Yes. You had a, you had a little bit of everything. You know, not everything this game, but you had... You, you had uh, some... some interesting things going on so dustin what was your feeling about this game and uh, what were your observations
1: well first off first off i'd like to say that uh this was surprising because this ended up i mean we didn't know it we didn't know it but in my opinion this ended up being the most entertaining game on the slate you're Um, telling me (laughs) and yeah yeah and i i just have to say first and foremost. Um, I know we've been very complimentary um, to the Jaguars <laughs> on this show. <laughs> hey, shout out Schmitty. I, I, thanks for watching. Shmitty. I appreciate the compliment,
0: <laughs> but um, thanks so, for, thanks for engaging with us. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so anyway, um, the Jags, We've been highly complimentary to them on the show, and with good reason. They hung with the Chiefs, and it was not just because of the Mahomes injury. Um, the Jags showed that they were not afraid to play with the Chiefs. And in my opinion, they sh- they exposed the one Achilles heel that I think the Chiefs have. Their defense, As the Chiefs' defense, as you astutely predicted, uh, Rye Stradamus, was very opportunistic at just the right times they they got sacks when they needed them they got the, they got the int at the end of the game
0: hold on i have a sound effect for this
1: <laughs> perfect my clairvoyance knows but, no bounds. it's true it's true i'm start i'm a little concerned <laughs> But anyway, these, is. these
0: are on a
1: loops. <laughs> okay, all loops. My thunderous, my thunderous <laughs> vocals here. Anyway, I will say the one weakness that I think was exposed in this game was the Chiefs special teams. The Chiefs special teams is not looking good, and it's to be expected because when you have as much chat uh, talent on both sides of the ball as the Chiefs do, you got to you got to have a deficit somewhere, and to me, special teams is where the Chiefs are lacking. Jamal Agnew shredded them multiple times on special yep. teams with chunk returns, despite the fact he had a fumble later in the game. Um, but from the Chiefs' side of things, the Jags the Jags hung with them all game. They didn't they didn't get blown out. They they the Jags' defense managed to somewhat shut them down in the second half. Now, how much of that was due to the health of Patrick Mahomes, we don't know. But I will say, Chad Henney, he saved that game for the Chiefs, and he you know, really impressed me.
0: You know what's interesting? I mentioned yesterday I was on Snowman on, on the Coffee with coffee with McCarthy segment on Snowman in the morning, 8.35 on Monday morning. Catch it. Uh, you can go ahead and catch that. Uh, <laughs> but I mentioned, I said, if it wasn't for Chad Henney, you would not see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl in 2020. And you might not see the, the Chiefs in Super Bowl and going advancing into the next round mm-hmm. after this week. And, and he should be he should be held in Chiefs, in in, in in this era, in this Mahomes Reed era, you can't leave out Chad Henne, which w- who was at one point laughed at as a starting quarterback in the NFL, but then he goes to Kansas City, finds himself as a backup to Patrick Mahomes, one of the greatest, one of the best quarterbacks in this particular era. And he saved, and he saved the Chiefs season, not once, but yeah. twice in the span of three seasons. So you got to give a ton of credit to Chad Henney. And again, you can't laugh at his career because of the fact that he saved the Chiefs bacon multiple times. Yeah. Multiple times.
1: I mean, Mahomes goes down and Chad Henney is what, 38 years old right now, which which, in normal age terms, Chad Henney is younger than me. But in quarterback mm-hmm. terms, aside from Tom Brady, uh, who's got that eighty for Brady uh, movie coming out, I know we're all uh, rushing to the theater to see that. I won't be. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be first in line <laughs> for my ticket. Yeah, but anyway, aside from Tom Brady, 38 in quarterback years is ancient. He comes off he comes off the bench and leads the Chiefs on a, I believe, it was 90. Something like a ninety-two yard drive in playoff in a playoff game with high stakes. And I mean, he he gets the job done. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah I'm you know I, I gotta be honest with you,
0: Dustin. I barely watched a look of football this weekend and I had mm-hmm. no FOMO. But I caught up on I caught up on the highlights. I caught up on the mm-hmm. highlights of just mm-hmm. about every game except for Giants and Eagles, which we'll get to in a moment. <laughs> uh, I, I dvr VR'd that game. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, uh, uh, by the way, I'm I'm accountable, uh, to every Eagles fan. Um I have to give you I have to give you something. Here's your uh here's your receipt for not picking them. <laughs> Dumb dumbassery on my part. But um but no, I mean it, it, I, I I caught up on the highlights and yeah, like you said Dustin, the the Jaguars went into Arrowhead. There wasn't a lot of expectation. You you thought maybe after that, after they went up ten in the second quarter, that this was this game was going to be, this game might get away from them, but they yeah. didn't. They get this. They get the field goal right before the half. They got within three, uh, with the, with that touchdown, when, and they had. Yeah, I got. I guess as say, so so I went to a hockey game on on, Friday, on Saturday afternoon, and my brother and I were listening on the way home. We we're listening to the serious serious satellite, and he had both feeds, both the Jaguars and. The Kansas City Chiefs radio feed, and the contrast was striking, because after the Chiefs kicked that, after Butker f- kicked that field goal, that long field goal, uh, to put them up ten, the first play from scrimmage for the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence gets sacked, and you just hear the voice. You just hear the voice. You just, I, I can just, I'm, I'm gonna, know, kind of, kind of mimic this uh, a little bit. <laughs> you kind of right. see the, the 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 play now, play so you just kind of look at the field goal. And Lawrence goes back to pass and Lawrence goes Lawrence gets hit, Lawrence gets sacked. That was his that was his like he, he sounded so depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, you switch over to the Chiefs and they're like, they're like, this is the this is the fourth quarter. It's time to and all three announcers go, put the hammer down. Like they're excited, they're enthusiastic. <laughs> every one of them. And the Jaguars, actually, the Jaguars announcer on that drive. I gotta give full credit. I got to give full credit to uh, the, uh, the the answers of the, uh, the the radio network for the Jaguars. When the Jaguars scored, they, like the uh, the play guy lightened up, like he lit back up. He's like, check out Jaguars!" Yeah. <laughs> like, oh man, we yeah. have uh, we have uh, had quite the mood swing in this drive. Interesting. So, it, it, but yeah, no, I mean, you got to give full credit to Doug Peterson. He knows he knows he's from that coaching tree, Andy Reid coaching tree. Yeah, And he, he knows his coach well, but at the same time, any read right now is, uh, and reads the master. Yeah. He's the, he's the master. He knows how to, and Patrick Mahomes give full credit to him for gutting it out in the second half. I as for someone who, as a, as someone who has had trouble with his ankles for primarily the the most of his life, um, uh, yeah, it's tough to it's tough to come back from it, to play through a high ankle sprain so yeah. um uh, you no know, full yeah you know, now they're going to the championship game and they got a rematch with the Cincinnati bengals for yeah
1: yeah and and let me bit, just say yeah, we all know this we all know this but Travis kelsey is a is a cheat code when he, yeah the Chiefs get near the end zone i mean he just they just always manage Mahomes and he always managed to find each other. And then he in turn gets into the end zone. It seems like he's been doing it forever. Um, freak ash, athlete. Um, and I got it. it's it's not quite Patriots level with the Chiefs. I mean, I, I just got to the point where I was sick of seeing the Patriots in the postseason at all. I'm not there with the Chiefs. I you know, they they are they are just good and 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 uh I'm sure that we'll see old Travis Kelsey do the Double J strut at least one more time in the playoffs. Who knows? <laughs> Unless you think
0: this is a Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs sweatshirt. This is not. This is an Under Armour sweatshirt. <laughs> I got 50% off at Kohl's. It was a big sale going on. Oh, out. there you go.
1: Yeah. There you go.
0: So we're going on to the next game. That would be Giants at Eagles. And big swing and a miss on my part. I thought the Giants would... I had the audacity to pick the Giants. That was a bad idea. Good thing I don't bet. But this was the game. This game, I caught up on the highlights. And halfway through, when it went when when the Eagles went up twenty eight nothing at halftime, I just I was like, all right, I guess I know what happens from here. So I I clicked the back button on my browser. I'm like, all right, let's see what else is uh, let's
1: <laughs> yeah. see the other highlights from the other games. I um. I, like I said, I was over, I was over, um, hanging out with some family on Saturday. And, uh, so I DVR the games. I'm like, I got, I got to do my podcast, podcast prep. I need, I need, I need my, my beautiful mind notebook here. I, I need it. So you <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I, I, I DVR this game and same deal, Ryan, once the game, got underway and it was clear that it was going to be out of hand I started fast forwarding some chunks but I still watch the majority of this game first of all the chain broke early in the in the first quarter I don't think I've ever seen that in a game before <laughs> and it, it was just an omen for the Giants season I'm sorry I'm sorry to say it the Eagles the Eagles put we thought that the Giants deep, and it's not just you. I picked the Eagles to win, but I thought it was going to be 33 30. I thought both teams were going to be, you know, chucking it all over the yard, doing everything. Mm-hmm. I thought Saquon was really going to go off. He did have a nice 40 40 yard run at one point in the third quarter. Um, the Giants rushed the ball decently, decently. It's just the problem was that the Giants defense. Uh, Philly was dominating them and they were running the ball right down the Giants' throat. It didn't matter whether it was Boston Scott, whether it was Jalen Hurts, whether it was Kenneth Gainwell or Miles Sanders, all of them ran well. Kenneth Gainwell didn't start running the ball for the most part until the third quarter. Guess how many yards Kenneth Gainwell finished with rushing? 112. That is correct. And he did most at the of stat that line right now. Yeah. <laughs> he did most of that. In the third and fourth quarter, he was gashing the Giants. And and if my memory serves, Devontae Smith had some big catches in this game, but their big acquisition, A.J. Brown, he was almost invisible on the field, not because he didn't play a good game or anything, but it just shows how many different ways the Eagles can hurt you. If they can run the ball like this against the Niners, which admittedly is going to be a much tougher task, uh, watch out because the Eagles are gonna fly <laughs> during that game. If that's the case, yeah. That, yeah, that was. I mean, and I hate to admit, I hate to say it. Uh, Dable, you and I have, have have both been saying that he's probably our front runner for coach of the year. He did an amazing job with the Giants. I think the Giants have a bright bright future, um, but it was it was not their time. It was not their time.
0: Yeah, 30. my 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 bald my bald and bearded bald and bearded brother Brian Dable, you know. <laughs> excellent job, excellent job, but uh, unfortunately, ran into a literal buzzsaw in the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. And here's the thing: with I I, I was like, the this, this stat I heard, I think it was during the the the, the highlights that I heard. Boston Scott has 11 touchdowns
1: in only eight games against the Giants. He's a literal giant killer. He has, I believe that I heard a stat now. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong because I'm doing this from Dome. I don't have this in my beautiful mind notebook. He has 19. (laughs) He has 19 touchdowns within, I forget the period. I forget the period that it was over. I think it's over a couple of seasons, 11 of them. 11 of his of his touchdowns during this period are are against the New York Giants. That's crazy. That is crazy and I ironically the name, you know, Boston hurting a New York team once again. <laughs> yep, as ever, as
0: ever. And the one thing I I totally forgot about the about this game was the Eagles defense is um leagues the leaps and bounds better than the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Because they got they made Daniel Jones look like Daniel Jones from the last three years we've seen him. They did, did. not look like the Daniel Jones we saw last week mm-hmm. when he picked apart the Vikings. They made him look like Daniel Jones before Brian Dable came along. Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And for Saquon Barkley. And it's gonna be interesting to see what the Giants do in the offseason because they got keep. They 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 have to keep both these guys. They're gonna to have to franchise tag one and hand the bag to the other. Like they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to extend Daniel Jones. They're gonna to have to extend Saquon Barkley. I think. I think what will happen is that I'm going prognosticator again, Dustin. All right. All, All right. right. Just just to let you know, and I'll play that effect again. <laughs> <laughs> it will end Daniel Jones, and they'll franchise tag Saquon Barkley. Because there's going to be a number of teams going after going after Saquon Barkley in the offseason. And one of them we're going to talk about in just a moment. Before we do that, we got to to share a message from our friends at Invader Coffee. This episode of No Credentials Required is brought to you by Invader Coffee. For the coffee lover who wants good quality coffee with no bullshit and no filler. Invader Coffee is an ultra-premium, veteran-owned coffee company, proudly delivering only the best coffee your hard-earned money can buy. They aim to only serve the highest quality organic, air-roasted coffee beans sourced from free trade farms all over the world. They keep things simple, the best coffee at an affordable price, in order to provide you with the value you deserve for your morning boost. 100% fair trade, 100% organic coffee beans, 100% air-roasted, 100% money-back guarantee. Visit InvaderCoffee.com, enter promo code BellyUp at checkout, and receive 15% off your order. You're that right, folks. Link in the description, whether you're listening on the podcast or you're watching on Facebook or YouTube. Funny story. During our live broadcast on Friday, I ordered their Valentine's Day Blend Chocolate Lust. It came It came in the mail on Monday.
1: Oh, that's some service. That's, that's efficient, service. my
0: friends. That's like it's like it's like the 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 infantry coming down and
1: like literally putting the bag on your front step. Yeah, <laughs> it came that fast. And I and I do like I I gotta I gotta give a shout out to whoever handles packing up their orders and everything. Uh, usually get a nice little handwritten note or something. Yep. You know, yeah, it's it's a nice touch. It is a nice touch.
0: You got that personal service at Invader Coffee. So yeah, if, if you want to help the show. Order some coffee in The link to, and at the link in the description. Use code BELLYUP at checkout for 15% off your order. You won't be, dis- you won't be disappointed. You won't be disappointed. Both Dustin and I are, are big and bitter coffee fans. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the next game we're going to talk about is the Bengals at the Bills. Dustin, this game. Um, wow. Wow, indeed. Indeed. And I don't know if you heard the news today about uh, the, some – I don't know if it was a radio station or fans of the Buffalo Bills saying that the uh, that the Bengals had an unfair advantage because of their white
1: uniforms. Oh jeez, no, I did not. I did not hear. <laughs> oh, you are grasping at straws at that point. You're not even grasping at straws. You're grasping at the straw wrapper for that one. Listen,
0: <laughs> as a New York Jets fan, tried and true, thick and thin at least we don't make up those kind of excuses when we see our team lose.
1: No, that that's, <sighs> oh, I mean, the bills and look, look, both, both you and I picked the bills to go to the super bowl out of the AFC at the beginning of the year. Yeah, we both did it. And mm-hmm. the bills to their credit for most of the year the bills look like the class of the NFL, but man, on this day, they did not look like themselves. I mean, this Bills defense, the Bengals O line, which we had many, many, many jokes at uh, the expense of them early in the season because they were letting everybody hit Joe Burrow. Well, come on in. <laughs> this game, yes, yeah, they were a turnstile, but turnstile. This game, first of all, we've we've talked about how the O line their their play solidified late in the season. And it's one of the reasons why the Bengals got hot at exactly the right time and went on a great run. Um, But, man, the Bills – I was watching this game. Now, full disclosure, I was working while watching this game. So I had my trusty iPad set up right next to me. I'm watching it. Um, The the Bengals were pushing the Bills' pass rush off the line. As a result, there were huge running lanes – the uh, the Bills just uh, the the Bengals ran the ball all over the Bills. In addition to everything they were doing, now the Bengals came out fast. They threw on six of their first eight plays. It went right down the field, and they and they scored. And it was at that point that I believe it was Jim Nance because I think he and Romo were calling the game. Mm-hmm. Jim Nance said that the Bengals outscored their opponents thirty-two to nothing in the first quarter over their last five games. That's the Bengals like to get out to a fast start, and I will say, when it looked like when it looked like the Bengals were just going to track meet all over the field, and I and side note, I love Tony Romo saying that uh, the bill the Bills the, it was going to be tough for Bills players to gain their footing due to the field, and he's like, oh, the, the defenses, it's going to be tough for both of them. The Bengals looked all right that entire game; they they yeah. seemed to have no problem. Uh, But I will say the Bills did have a nice responsive drive. They kind of slowed the game down. When the Bengals came out, they had a nice long drive, which ended up in Josh Allen running barely into the end zone. But from there, that was the last thing Buffalo could muster. The Bengals just – they ran the ball. They they did everything they needed to do in the snow to go up to Buffalo and get the victory – Buffalo just looked out of sync for whatever reason. It's The only way I could describe it, I have written in my, I have written in my notes. It says uh, Buffalo does not look like themselves. No first downs till uh, till two eleven left in the first quarter. You know, it, they just looked out of sorts, and we all know Stefan Diggs seemed to be jawing at Josh Allen as, as the game was getting close to the end in the fourth quarter. Hey, he's a competitive guy. It's playoff football. It's highly emotional. I don't think there's anything to be made of made of it. But no. heartbreaking loss for the Bills. But the Bengals looked poised poised to take on anybody right now. I, I'm looking forward to this Bengals Chiefs game. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I, I remember saying
0: somebody saying on social media that uh, at, when Diggs was having that, I wouldn't say meltdown, but just a. Just a guy trying to fire up his team and says, "Oh, oh, this is the same scene we saw Diggs do, in, uh when he was ready to get out of Minnesota." And it's like, "No, yeah, no, yeah. no, he's happy in Buffalo." So, yes, when we, we got, I got, I'm looking at the stat line. I can give full credit to both the defense of the of the Bengals and the offensive line of the Bengals. Oh yeah, because because. <clears throat> Guess who was the leading rusher again for Buffalo? Uh I'm gonna go with Josh Allen. You would be correct. 20 26 yards on eight carries. Cincinnati as a team, as a team, had 172 yards. Joe Burrow had 31 rushing yards. He had the longest run of the day. He had a 21 yard run.
1: <laughs> yeah. And he was a,
0: and he was sacked only once.
1: Yes. I mean, it was unbelievable this vaunted Bill's pass rush, which which you know obviously everybody's got injured in injuries, everything you had you had mentioned the the vulnerabilities in the bill's secondary and it was another game where that showed up to rear its ugly head. but it the Bengals didn't need that. once they got out to that fast lead and they went right up and down the field on that on that first drive, they just ran it. And I'm telling you, Ryan, if it was visible to my uneducated eye, I said, this offensive line is destroying them off the ball. The Bills are Mm -hmm. getting nothing, nothing. Mm -hmm. And I'm not usually one that focuses on offensive line play, but it was so, it was so glaring that it jumped off the screen to me. I'm like, "The, the Bills are unable to get pressure right now of any kind. It was unbelievable. Great performance. Now, uh, um, I also have to give myself some credit here. Um,
0: who said that the Cincinnati defense played well as a unit and would get, uh, would also get, uh, uh turnovers, uh, opportune time? Here's Thunder,
1: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes you know what's funny i downloaded that before the show (laughs) for those of you (laughs) for those of you who are wondering yes we are going to run this bit into the ground go on the journey with us won't you (laughs) i can i can i I
0: can hear some people saying this right now I'm going to get a copyright claim for that, but I don't
1: care. Yeah, we might get a strike. <laughs> we're, not, no, we're not getting
0: a strike. We're just getting a claim. That's all. I, 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 YouTube, the wait, anyway. Anywho, moving on. Cowboys at 49ers, the last game of the weekend. And like you said, <sighs> Dustin, this the, the Jaguars and Chiefs was the most entertaining game of the weekend. But if you like defense, if you love defense, you would have loved this game. Because both teams were smacking each other around, smacking each other in the mouth all game long, and it was, you know, as someone who loves defensive football, some at times, this was an exhibition. And yeah. Dustin, I want to hear your thoughts about this game. What struck out to you in this game? What observation did you have that kind of you just
1: kind of circled in your uh, in your notebook? Well, I have to say the big the big thing that really jumped off to me was now I, I do feel for Cowboys fans. um, I do feel for Cowboys fans, but I initially, I initially going into this game, I said, Dak's going to have to play the best game of his life, which he clearly did not. But I thought, I said, Dallas's defense is good, but they're not on the level of the Niners. Well, for this game, they were pretty darn well evenly matched. That's what mm. jumped off the page, is that I think now I knew that Dallas's defense had performed well all seasons. All season. Everybody knows about Micah Parsons. Everybody likes to talk about how how well he plays the game, how he can take over elements of a game. It's that's all true. But Dallas's defense hung with the 49ers for the majority of this game. They played their hearts out. You gotta give it to them. You gotta you got to take your hats off to them. They were incredible. The, the gap, I thought the gap was much larger between San Francisco's defense and maybe Philly's defense is like here. And then there was every, and then there was the Cowboys and then everybody else in the, in the NFC and coming out of that game, I said, maybe it's more like this, you know, Mm -hmm. that's how, that's how well Dallas's defense played. And We've seen other defenses, namely my Seahawks, now vastly inferior unit to Dallas on defense. But Brock Purdy, every everybody, people might say, well, Brock Purdy's a rookie quarterback. It might have been a different game if Jimmy Garoppolo was in there. Dallas might have struggled to stop him a little bit more. No, I don't mm-hmm. think so. Brock Purdy has, has proven that he knows what he's doing when he's out there. He doesn't get rattled. Um, and Dallas really came to play and the the tragedy and I hate I hate to say it I I hate to say it but Dak did what we thought he might do uh you you said that if Mike McCarthy had to rely on Dak Prescott to win they were going to be in trouble and I said Dak Prescott played his best game of the season unquestionably against Tampa Bay he silenced a lot of the haters but I said Tampa Bay's defense is not San Francisco's defense. He's going to have to play even better next week, and he was—he just wasn't up to the task. I mean, on the one interception he, he threw, I don't think he saw the defender there at all because the defender jumped right in front of Michael Gallup. Or if he didn't see him, the defender just jumped the route really well because uh, that interception was a bad interception, I will tell you that. So, Dustin,
0: which handsome podcast host said on Friday that if he took away the Dallas' run game, you're going to have to rely on Dak Prescott
1: and he's going to mess up? Rise for Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get you like a, like a hat or something. Right? <laughs> Some sort of, I'll ship a crystal ball to your house. We'll do We'll do something. <laughs> In the words of Chris Jericho, I'm a freaking wizard.
0: <laughs> Speaking of which, so I'm going to give a list of what has gone on and what has been released since the Cowboys were last in a conference championship game in 1996. So the first two, I got to give credit to my buddy to my buddy Cole Johnson from Snowman in the Morning with uh, Cole Johnson. Biggie and Tupac, were, Biggie Smalls and Tupac, were still alive. Yeah. Justin Bieber had not been born yet, oh. and, and I got more. Uh, the hybrid car has been introduced. Uh, the iPhone was invented. Uh, Chris Jericho, we just mentioned about him before, releases his, his list of one thousand and four holds. our bar. <laughs> Movies had not be, were still on VHS. The last time the Dallas Cowboys were in a wow. college championship game, Blu-ray, DVD, and digital were not even a forethought. And uh, YouTube has been since the Dallas Cowboys were last in the Conference Championship game YouTube was introduced. And you can also also you can actually check out the glory days of the Cowboys anytime on YouTube. They're just not right now. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Kevin Kevin Wilson with the with the big comment. I retired from the Navy for the, for one thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man. Man, that I it's amazing when you think about it in those terms because because it's not like Dallas has had. I mean, they had they had some bad years. They just had some plain bad years. I mean, the Dave Campo mm-hmm. years. I don't I don't think Cowboys fans remember that with any with any uh, um, nostalgia or anything. And I will say, the play is still talked about in Seahawks history when Romo when Romo bobbled the snap and I think, I think was that Oh six. I think it was, he bobbled the snap and Marquand yeah, Manuel, was, Mark manual. I think Bill
0: Par one, Bill Parcells was still, yes, the head
1: coach. Bill Parcells was coaching them, them, them at that time. And, uh, old Marquand manual. He's a, he's a Seahawks legend for that. You know, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, they've had some good regular seasons. They've, there hope springs eternal for every football fan at the, at the start of uh at the start of each year but i feel like cowboys fans um there are fan bases who have suffered longer but cowboys fans they get more fired up than anybody if their team starts like 6 and 0 and then it just always something always happens it, it's it's uh it's unbelievable and and for the people that are calling for mike mccarthy's job after this this loss was not his fault it was not his fault there was nothing that i could see that he did while coaching this team that was like that you could point to to be like oh well that's the reason they didn't at at some point i think it, i think it was I think it was either Keyshawn or, or Max Kellerman from ESPN. One of them said, at some point, the players have to make the play. He said, Mike McCarthy did not throw those interceptions. You know, all the people calling for Mike McCarthy, I, I think it's a little – now, now Jerry Jones may let him go because we all know how Jerry – and we all know how Jerry can be. But I don't think it was Mike McCarthy's fault on this one.
0: And. Great bounce back game. I just, I just want to say this though, Brett Meyer, great bounce back game. You, you thought he was going to have some more misery with when the, oh, you know, the 49ers got blocked their extra yeah. point, but he was still two for two on field goals. Yeah. So, and I guess they wouldn't let him warm up during warm ups, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get into his head. But yeah, let's Jeez. let's let's I mean, I, let's get away from the Cowboys for a bit. They're always yeah. in the, the thing is with the Cowboys, they're always in the news because Jerry Jones somehow hasn't has he puts them in the new cycle for he he puts them there Mm -hmm. but let's let's give some credit to the 49ers oh yeah and their defense also get their special teams uh because rayway mcleod he he had only one kicker turn all game long and it was 53 yards which helps up, i believe set up a score uh for uh for the for the 49ers um offensively, they were okay. They, they didn't – look, listen, the 49ers didn't have to be great on offense to win this game. No. We all kind of knew that coming in based on Dan Quinn, and I think Dan Quinn should get some head coaching consideration uh, after, this, after the last two seasons. The Cowboys have been very solid on on defense.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just get some
0: consideration for head coaching job again.
1: Yeah, I think so, and I think, you know – and you have to wonder too. You have to wonder because I and I can't get inside of Dan Quinn's head, but it had to do a number on him because you know, I know as a Seahawks fan, Dan Quinn's a great defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. He's still, I mean, we had that we had that run where uh uh oh, I can't think of his name. His first name Gus. I want to say Van Zance Bradley. Yeah, I was like Van Zance the film director. So yeah. obviously. Dan Quinn takes over the defense after Gus Bradley leaves to coach, I think it was Jacksonville. He got offered the head coaching job there. He went there, didn't get, didn't work out. Dan Quinn takes over the defense, and the Patriots come back on the Seahawks and win that Super Bowl because Pete didn't run the ball. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> but that was a Dan Quinn-led defense. He takes the head coaching job in at Atlanta. The Atlanta Falcons play very well. They get to the Super Bowl, and then those darn Patriots, a Dan Quinn-led defense, once again gives up, I think it was the largest comeback in Super Bowl history, maybe, that 28-3 halftime lead. Not not that we don't hear about it every other day Uh, from Patriots fans. (laughs) Yes, of course. That had to do a number on Dan Quinn. So you know what? I think that Dallas was the perfect landing spot for him, and he just got he's got this defense turned around. And I think yes, he's he's probably learned from that that uh though that little coaching run there. Though and he's probably become mentally stronger. I think he should and will get another head coaching shot. If Josh McDaniels can get another shot, Dan Quinn can as well. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's uh
0: 49 again, 49ers didn't have to play. Their offense didn't have to play great. <laughs> Kevin, please don't talk about that anymore.
1: I know, I know, <laughs> I know. We stay away from it. We stay away from it. But sometimes, hey, it's just,
0: yeah, I, ooh. It, As I mentioned, the, the, the 49ers didn't have to play great on offense. They just had to, do, they had to do just enough. They got the touchdowns. They got the scores when they need to score. They got that dagger of the, of the field goal with, uh, I guess you could say, seconds remaining but let me just uh, verify that real quick. Um well Robbie Gold gets the field goal puts him up seven and and again the 49ers forced two turnovers. They did this last year when they played the the, the Cowboys in the wild card and they they forced the issue on Dak Prescott and when you can force force the issue on Dak Prescott your your defense is going to play well and you're gonna win games. Yeah. Um yeah. now Friday, we'll have our previews between uh, between the AFC and NFC championships. I believe the NFC championship is the first game, and the AFC championship is the second game this season. So, but we'll preview both games on Friday. We'll have an extended uh, time for that, and we're going to do some. We're going actually do some other. We're going to talk about some other things going on in the NFL. But before we do that, we got to take an ad. We got to take a quick break. Uh, to talk about our friends at Mohawk Honda that's in uh, it's in Glenville New York listen it's, it's winter in the upstate region capital region we've had some snow lately we're getting some more snow tomorrow and if you're driving a bad if you're driving a bad car you're going to get stuck but even though the season's changed the one constant is a buying experience at Mohawk Honda where you are greeted with smi- with a smile and you're treated with respect the new inventory is still ramping up More pilots, more passports, more ridgelines, that's right, four-wheel drive, all-wheel drive cars get you through that snow. And remember that this is the best time ever to sell your vehicle. They buy cars, and in some cases, you may be able to sell it for more than what you paid for. And it's just another advantage you get for the number one volume dealer in the capital region. General Manager Greg Johnson and his team of sales consultants are always available to help you in the buying process. And they have big news. Scott Wynahan is back at Mohawk Honda. He brings his 30-plus years automotive experience with him. Stop by and say hello to Scott. Also, say, say hi to my guy, Evan Zwelan. He got me into uh, the car I'm driving, which is a 2016 pre-owned certified pre-owned Honda HRV. Yes, the season's changed, but at Mohawk Honda on Freeman's Bridge Road in Scotia or online at mohawkhonda.com, they always go out of their way to please you. Let's talk about some of the stuff that's going around in the NFL. And the first thing I want to talk about, uh, I heard this on the Rod Peterson show this, this, uh, this afternoon. So shout out to Rod. Uh, I guess what's going on is that the NFL is supposedly looking into playing conference championship games at neutral sites. Now this is all based on the initial initial sale success of a potential Kansas city Buffalo game in Atlanta. If the, the Chiefs and the Bills had advanced to the next round. I guess they sold 50,000 tickets at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Wow. Now, I don't know if it was between both Chiefs fans and Bills fans. I know that there's a pretty big contingency of Bills fans in the Atlanta area, um, but also, I mean, there's also Chiefs fans there. You can get If you go to any big city, you'll find a contingency of fans who from other regions. So so, Dustin, I just want to pick your ear here, pick your pick your pick your brain here. Do you think the NFL should switch over to not only a neutral site Super Bowl but also neutral site championship games? I want to get your I want to get your thoughts on that.
1: No, no. Okay, all right. Well, that's <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait. No. Well, actually, let me ask Bishop Bullwinkle. Should we? <laughs> should we have neutral site championship games?
1: Yeah, to the no, yeah, to the So your answer is hell no. <laughs> no. Uh and and here's why. The Super Bowl the Super Bowl kind of makes makes sense because it gives, you know, that way that way everybody can go, well, first of all. They like to do it in warm climates most of the time. That's right. no secret. Or, or or a dome or a covered stadium. Yeah. But and also the Super Bowl has more like the Super Bowl is the main event. So it so it gives people time to make a weekend out of it, book book hotels, go into the thing, and it and it and it and I don't know that it's 100% true, but it makes it feel like both teams are on an even playing field regarding fan support, like everybody's got an opportunity to buy. For the Super Bowl, to me, it makes sense. But for the conference championship games, the team that is the number one seed earned the right to have home field throughout the playoffs. So if the number one seed or one of the higher seeds – it. If you did a neutral site for the NFC and AFC championship game to me it kind of it kind of one it takes away from the atmosphere a little bit because one of those teams earned the advantage through their regular season to have more of their fans or whatever and it this just doesn't make sense to me and it reeks of a money grab attempt by the NFL and and it reeks of an attempt to capitalize on a situation That had never occurred before. And to me, it just kind of has a, it's got a bit of a skeezy feeling to it. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. The Super Bowl, it makes sense, but my gut instinct is I'm with Bishop Bullwinkle on this one. Hell no. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to sound very old codger,
0: get off my lawn ish, but. I agree. No, yeah. we should not have neutral site conference championship games because, it, yeah, it, 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 to to the cynical mind, it might seem like a money grab, because it is. <laughs> 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 Let's be honest, it is a money grab, <laughs> and I already have one Super Bowl. I don't need three Super Bowls. I mean, come on, this is what they're, they're going to try and gussy it up like, like like uh, like a like the you know I think the, what they're trying to do is like they're trying to take a page out of the conference uh, not the conference the. Uh, the college football playoff, where you have teams play in neutral sites uh, at bowl games. Last this 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 past year, we had uh, we had TCU and Michigan at the Fiesta Bowl, and then we had Georgia and Ohio State at the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl. So, I think part of it is based off that success because listen, fans of teams will travel anywhere. However, I don't like that we're trying to take away from the team that earned home fill advantage or yep. the team is the higher seed. Like like, yeah. like, the, like if, if we had, if we had neutral site championship games, fans from KC would have had to travel anyway, if they had, if Buffalo had advanced too. but you're talking about a rabid Philadelphia Eagles fan base. And, and I'm, I say rabid in a loving way. I don't say mm. it in a begrudging <laughs> way because I'm not a fan of other teams in their division, but like our buddy Jared has has been on he, and shout out to our buddy Jared from Corner Booth from the Corner Booth podcast. He's a big he's a big uh he's a big Eagles fan. I think you would it, it would be very tough to move the championship game from a site like yeah. Philadelphia. Like if they if, if if you let's put it this way, if you earned your right to the home field advantage, you deserve home field advantage. That's yeah. the way it's always been in yes. the nfl and for the owners to say oh there's 50,000 ticket sales from a neutral site game for a championship game hmm let's try to figure out a way to get this and get more of this bread it's like no no and, and where's the player share let's, let's put it this way if i'm the more smith who is the executive director of the players association i'd be asking where's my share
1: because
0: mm-hmm. this is because if this is going to be if this is the owner's idea, and it's just a big money grab. How do the players? Where where are the players? What what what, what advantage does the players have? Do they get a cut of the revenue? Yeah. Does it is it twenty five percent to one team, twenty five percent to the other team, and then the rest of it goes to the NFL? Yeah. The, the players have to have a say in this too. You, you can't just have the league ownership. You, have, you can't just have the league. Can't have just the owners go all right, we're going to do neutral site championship games from now on. Cause based on what happened in a hypothetical and what could have was basically a hypothetical situation. Yeah. No, There's gotta have a say in this.
1: Yeah, of course. And you, and you, I think also hit the nail on the head in an angle that I didn't come at it from, but not only ha- the team has earned the home field, right? Uh, the home field advantage. And with that comes the, the opportunity to sleep in your own bed the opportunity to be at your own house and you talk to any, you talk to any pro athlete that makes a difference. And that, that is something that they will play for. And you take that away from them. You take that away from them. And and that is not, that is not fair either. That it's just not, not only that, but you're also adding
0: added. You're also putting on added travel for, for, for an unnecessary reason. You're, Taking away an extra ticket that the fans paid for for a championship game, Uh, and you're just adding more costs to your own bottom line and to the fans' bottom line. I mean, we've already got an economy that's kind of yes, uh, stagnant Mm. at the moment. People are some people are having a tough time paying for to keep the electric on in a really bad winter, so this just adds more costs to the player on their physical side the bottom in the bottom line on the on the on the balance sheet of the owners for the rest of the year and fans can't if, if i'm <laughs> if i'm a fan on the west coast and i have to travel to the east coast or the northeast or the southeast for a neutral site championship game that's going to cost a lot of money because oh, yeah. not only are you paying for a hotel room you're paying for a ticket to the game you're paying for a flight car rental Food expenses. That's gonna be. That's a lot of money. Parking. That's a lot of money.
1: Yeah. Parking. Yep. No, it's it's unbelievable, and you know, and also, hey, people might call me out right now, but I but I don't care. I will tell I will tell the story. A site makes a difference. A site makes a difference. Now, when when the when the Seahawks went to the Super Bowl against the Denver Broncos, do you remember where that Super Bowl was? Ryan happened to be at MetLife at MetLife Stadium in uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey. That is correct. And I remember multiple people asking me at the time, uh, aren't you going to go see the Super Bowl live? This might be the only opportunity. Like you never know when your team's going to be back there again. And I said, Mm -hmm. no, I'm not going to for three reasons. One, I don't make enough money to get Super Bowl tickets. <laughs> right. Two, uh, maybe if the game was in like Miami or someplace I wanted to be in February. I live in New York in February. I know how it could be. So I don't want to sit outside in the game. Okay, maybe I'm not that hardcore of a fan, but I did not want to be at it. I did not want to be at MetLife in February watching the Super Bowl. And lastly, and this is just me being real, if the Seahawks had somehow lost that game, I would have then had to drive home pissed off. You know, like there's, <laughs> there's no, like <laughs> it's not always cut and dry. A sight makes no. a difference to some people. Or no. maybe, maybe, how many times do you hear the stories? How many times do you hear the stories? Oh, my grandfather's a fan of such and such team. He's been watching them since he's 10 years old. He's, he's 92 years old right now. We'd love to take him to the game. You think they're going to take him to, to the championship game? If it's in like, if he's like a, he's like a, uh, like a Falcons fan and they're in Georgia and oh, oh, the Falcons are in the championship game. It's being played in Chicago. Surprise. You, th- you think they're going to take no. that? No, no, no. Look, as good as some of these,
0: as useful as some of these transportation, public transportation uh, methods are, no, no. I, I if, if I'm a Jets fan and the Jets finally see another playoff appearance and go to the AFC Championship and they decide to play in at SoFi Stadium or AT&T, AT&T Stadium, no, I'm not spending my hard-earned money just to fly somewhere else to see the Jets play another team yeah unless unless it's it's the super bowl yeah but i'm not doing it for a conference championship game it just takes away having having a conference championship game on a neutral site takes away from the spectacle that is the super bowl yes there's a reason why the super bowl is one is the most watched television program every single year Mm -hmm. it's it's the pageantry it's it's the halftime show the halftime show has shows have been huge over the last 25 30 years yes it's it's the it's the it's the two best teams p- playing uh, for the biggest prize in the NFL and and this having a neutral site championship game cheapens the cheapens the the majesty that is the super bowl yeah cheapens it
1: and it also it just reinforces that the conference championship games are not the super bowl and let's no. not, I mean, there's other, there's other sports. I am not a huge fan of this, but I have friends that are, they're the, they're huge NASCAR fans. And I've, and I've watched the, I've watched the opening of Daytona before, and they always try to make it feel like a Super Bowl. They have, you know, they have big musical performances. They have everything. And guess what? Maybe it's because I'm not a huge NASCAR fan, but I'm like, this doesn't feel like the Super Bowl. It feels like they're trying to imitate the feel, but nothing can match the Super Bowl. Nothing about the only thing that I think that I could draw parallels to in the sporting world is and I don't know that these are on this level anymore, but huge boxing fights. Used to feel like you know people and people would gather together and they'd order the pay-per-views to watch the fight and stuff. Oh, we got the fight tonight! Come on over. But that still wasn't the Super Bowl.
0: My dad saw Mike Tyson knock out Leon Spinks at a bar on closed-circuit television back in '86. (laughs) That was a big thing back in the day.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even those. Nothing is the Super Bowl. Nothing. The World Series, not the Stanley Cup, as much as I love the Stanley Cup. Yeah.
0: Okay, Jeff says the World Cup, but that's different. It's a difference. Yeah, that happens. That's
1: almost comparing apples and oranges. I mean, I get what you're saying. He says not even a soccer football fan, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm but we have one more thing to care to cover before we leave the show tonight's show. And I got to address this as a New York Jets fan, uh, Joe Namath. Uh, I, I wasn't sure what, where he went on, but he said in an interview that if Aaron Rodgers is traded to the Jets and we all know the Jets looking for a quarterback, uh Woody Johnson says such during the, uh, during the, the basically the state of the team address after the season ended, uh, the Jets have been linked to a number of quarterbacks. David Carr or Derek Carr, excuse me, Lamar Jackson, and Aaron Rodgers, who happens to wear the number 12. John Namath has gone on record and says, if the Aaron Rodgers is traded to the Jets, you can unretire my number and I will take and, and you can have number 12. So Dustin and I had texted back and forth yesterday and I mentioned I had to mention this and he happened to mention that yes that there have been numbers before that have been unretired that other players have used uh, Dustin give you have one for example
1: yeah well the most recent example that I can think of is uh, and uh, I think it was 2004 season or maybe it was 2003 I can't remember the exact number but Jerry Rice came to Seattle to play and Steve Largent did say to the Seahawks, you can unretire number 80, Jerry Rice. He's obviously he's number 80 in most stadiums anywhere else in the league. If you, if you think of 80, like you think of Jerry Rice, but in, in Seattle, 80 is Largent. Mm-hmm. And uh, Largent did allow the Seahawks to unretire number 80 so that Jerry Rice could wear the number. But uh to me, this one's a little different because, I mean, Steve Largent is a face of the franchise in Seattle, but he, and he is, he is the greatest wide receiver in Seahawks history. I mean, hell, when he retired, it when he retired, I think he had like all pretty much all the wide receiving records that you could have in the NFL. He, I mean, I'm going off the dome. I love Steve Largent, but to me, this doesn't have the same feel though this just feels different because Namath was the unquestioned face of the Jets and I don't know I just feel like it may mean more I don't I don't want to cheapen because I I thought it was kind of a class move at the time when I was like you know that's pretty big of Steve Largent to you know allow allow his number to be used but I, I kind of have a, a different feel on this one, but I am not a Jets fan, so I want to. I want to see how you feel about it.
0: I wouldn't mind. See, because the, the part of the reason why is because I never, I never saw Joe Namath play growing up. My dad mm-hmm. saw him. My dad watched him. My dad loved Joe Namath. He said, he said the only two quarterbacks I've ever seen that have had the quickest releases I've probably ever seen out of a, out of a quarterback's arm uh, are Joe Namath and Dan Marino. Those two just at the flick of a wrist could just release the ball, go, go yards, go yards. So he watched Joe Namath as a, uh, as a, as a teenager and an adult. I never saw Joe Namath play. I remember, I remember the Monday night game back in 1986 when they had, when they had retired, uh, nameths number. I remember that. I remember that game. Or it was it 1985? I think it was 1985. That the that the Jets retired finally retired his number. He's only he's one of only a handful of Jets to have their number retired. And for Namath to say, yeah, if Aaron Rodgers gets traded to the Jets and he helps them win a Super Bowl, you could absolutely possibly you could absolutely have my my number. Absolutely take it because certain quarterbacks you associate with certain numbers. You're gonna always gonna associate number 13 with Dan Marino. The mm. number sixteen, Joe Montana. Number twelve, a myriad of quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers being one of them. And Aaron Rodgers has a, a Super Bowl ring under his belt. So for Joe Nan to say, Yeah, you can have my number if he if he if you wound up getting him. And from, from what I'm understanding, the Packers, if they the Packers have have gone on record and said if if teams want Aaron Rodgers, you're gonna have to have fork up a first round pick to get him. At least one first round pick to get him, just because he costs so much. He's making forty million dollars. So, um, but for a Hall of Fame quarterback to come out and say, "Yeah, take if you if you get traded here, absolutely take my number," it, it speaks to it speaks to Joe Namath as a person, as an athlete, and as a guy who yeah. is synonymous with the New York Jets. He yeah. helped them win their only Super Bowl title in in team history in a huge upset back in 1969. So, yeah, for a legend to say, absolutely take my number. If you get traded here, you can have my number. That speaks volumes to who Davis is as yes. as a man,
1: the kind of person he is. Yeah,
0: it, to show that and to show that kind of humility is 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 huge is huge. If you could, you could have said, "Absolutely no." He has to wear number. He has to wear number eight. He has to buy. He has to make because uh, that was Aaron Rodgers' number in college was eight, it wasn't twelve. He mm-hmm. only wore twelve. I think he only wore twelve. He uh, he's he's only worn twelve in the NFL, but when he was at Cal, he wore number eight.
1: Uh-huh. And if you had
0: to wear number eight, he would have to buy. He would have to give. Give Elijah Moore a whole lot of money,
1: <laughs> put it <laughs> yeah. that
0: way, or buy some dinner for him. But, but no, I mean it's 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 very humbling for a guy to to somebody to say, yeah, absolutely, take my number. If he needs, if he wants my number, you can have it. Yeah, I'll gladly retire it. And if he brings the Super Bowl to the Jets, because that's because the number twelve seems to be the magic number right now. That's the that's the quarter. That's the number that has won the most Super Bowls. Roger Staubach, uh, Bob Greasy. Uh, terry Bradshaw, Tom Brady, I'm trying to think who else. Aaron Rodgers. Um, hmm. Trying to think who else number one who are number 12. Um, I'll figure um, it out. The 12 and 13 yeah. are the 12 and 13 are the two numbers associated with a large number of success in the Super Bowl. So yeah, yeah. And uh Jeff says personally hoping Rodgers to Miami. Unluckily, but wow weapons Miami has with a quarterback that can stay healthy might be your a one or two year good fit Super Bowl. Um, I'm going to say this, Jeff, with what money? Because right now it's tied up in two guys. It's tied up in Tyreek Hill and Brandon Chubb. Tied up in two guys. So if the if Miami's going to have to get a quarterback, they're going to have to cut a lot of weight or try to convince both those guys to restructure their contracts. Um, that's going to be a big. That's going to be a big uh,
1: undertaking. For some of these teams, but
0: that's Two my more, feeling
1: about it. I was just i was looking up the i was looking up the list of quarterbacks to wear twelve because uh, I felt like there was one that we were forgetting. I think yeah, there might have been one. Kenny the Snake Stabler. Kenny he's, Stabler, yes, he's the he's the other one. I and I will I will throw Jim Kelly. I know he didn't win the Super Bowl, but we all know that he went he he went to some. That's for darn sure. Went to so, at least one.
0: <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Jeff says money under the table. Not that that happens. Yeah, I, the salary cap might be a myth. <laughs> we yeah. don't know.
1: Yeah, but you know, I I thought you know I have to say you you kind of turned me around on it because I I was kind of like yeah, but Namath feels different to me. Namath feels different to me, but really, it's it's not. Uh, I mean, Namath, Namath is an icon for the Jets. He is synonymous with the underdog all all over. You know, in all sports, everybody says whenever a team is down, what do they what do they say? They say, "Oh, Namath, Namath, and the Jets beat the beat the highly favored Colts." You know, Super yep. Bowl three. Every everybody knows that. So I guess that's why it felt a little different to me. But after hearing you talk about it, it's no different. You know, both both Namath and and Largent, when he did it for Jerry Rice, both of them classy guys, class yeah. moves. Um, and and for Joe to do it, it's even because as much as I love Steve Largent, as much as I love, and I didn't see him play either, but I, you know, he's he's the Seahawk that you learn about, especially in the lean years when the Seahawks were not very good. Steve Largent was the name that you always you always were told about by, by other Seahawk fans. Well, you know, I wish you could have seen him play Every He was, he was unbelievable, but uh, it just, Oh man, I kind of lost my train of thought with that. It's live, everybody. It's live. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, class move, class move by Joe Namath here. Um, oh, to me, I was going to say, now I remember he, I would argue that Joe Namath was was more well known than Steve Largent was. So to me this felt like a like a bigger deal, but it's uh, it's it, it's a class move by both guys. And but let me ask you this though Ryan, as a Jets fan, we've we've talked about it some. But knowing how much you would have to give up for Aaron Rodgers in draft draft capital, would you find it worth it? And I only say this because, and I know this was just something I saw online, and the person who proposed it is an obvious Packers fan. <laughs> but, oh, God. but he said, "What did he, repro- he, goes, oh, he propose?" He goes, "Oh no!" They, well, this this was even worse. He goes, "Okay." He goes, "Trade Aaron Rodgers to the Seahawks." He goes. He goes, Seahawks get Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb. He goes, Packers get DK Metcalf, Tariq Woolen, and two first-round picks, one in 2024 and one in 2025. And he goes, who says no? And all the Seahawks fans were like, everyone? Everyone. (laughs) (laughs) No one is going to accept that trade. I'm just curious your thoughts based on what Packers management has said and also – Aaron Rodgers, phenomenal. But he is getting up there in age, and it's one of those things where you already dealt with a quarterback who was legendary and who was nearing the end of his career, and, and it was a will he or won't he come back. Would that be worth it to bring him to New York? Would you be willing to deal with that? I don't know. I want to say, part
0: my head, my heart says yes, but my head says no, and my head says no based on age. Yeah, he's going to be thirty-nine years old, and the Jets' offensive line has been patchwork at best over the last half decade. So they need to. The biggest part before they get before they go searching for a quarterback, they need to figure out who their OC is, who their line coach is, and who their Uh, wide receiver coaches because those are the those are the three positions the Jets should be looking at replacing right now Mm -hmm. it's not going to matter who your quarterback is if they don't know who the offensive offensive coordinator is going to be and we got to see what kind of style they want to they want to incorporate into the offense next year yeah I know it's going to be run heavy because Brees Hall's coming back and he's going to be healthy he's gonna be healthy again uh, granted, it won't be. I don't think it'll be the Brees Hall we saw, saw in the first six weeks of the season last year. It's going to take him. a, I mean, we saw what happened with Saquon Barkley after he tore his ACL. Yes,
1: he just take his. Time.
0: He it's going to take time to really have a have a kind of a beast mode season that that uh, Barkley had. But I, I want to see who they fill in as offensive coordinator first because that's going to be the biggest indicator. Of who they're gonna to try to bring in as their quarterback, I'm praying to God it's not Greg Roman. I'm praying to God it's not Greg Roman because I've seen this movie before with an offensive coordinator named Chan Gailey. Yeah, that's who he reminds me of. He doesn't develop, doesn't develop quarterbacks. The first season of his offensive system, ever, it's it's awesome. It's great. It, they run up and down the field. They chew up yards. They keep the possession of the clock. They they keep the possession. They run the clock down but after that season it's oh it's predictable so it becomes also predictable like jane in 2015 after he after he transformed after he helped transform ryan fitzpatrick in 2015 uh the year after was not so magical mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it's going to depend on i think it, it's going to depend on who the offensive coordinator is if they bring in a guy like paul uh, like um like the thing, I'll ha- like the thing. will hack it. Apparently, he's the front runner for the position right now. Okay, then, then they might consider bringing Aaron Rodgers in.
1: Yeah, because yeah,
0: if they consider a guy like if they interview Greg Roman, God forbid, <laughs> <laughs> um, they might bring in Lamar Jackson. I have very, I have big concerns about him. But if they bring in anybody else, I think they'll trade for Derek for Derek Carr.
1: To me, to me. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr seems like the best fit for the Jets I yeah I just I don't know why but it just is one of those things where it seems like it makes total sense to me and Derek Carr it's not like he's dealt with a whole lot of coaching stability in in Oakland slash Las Vegas so he could he could easily onboarding a new scheme is nothing new for Derek Carr so no. you know he could he could learn quick. And he still is Derek Carr thirty two years old. Is that? I, I, I believe gotta, he is. Yeah, I got to look it up. But, but that that to me, I mean, you, you got you got almost seven years age difference between Derek Carr and and uh, Aaron Rodgers. Then
0: yeah, and you could you could argue the same about Lamar Jackson because he's only twenty five. But I yeah, think, well that I think I think Jackson's staying put in Baltimore. Uh, to be honest with you, I think he's staying put. I think he. I think they're gonna try to figure out a way to give him more flexibility and freedom as a quarterback in that in that in, a, in the new system of whoever and with whoever bring they bring in as as a uh, offensive coordinator. So, so that's just my feeling. Mm-hmm. At the end at the end of all this, I think I think the quarterback that Jets are gonna probably pick up is Derek Carr. But again, it's all predicated on who they bring in as an OC. All right. So on that note, we're going to wrap up the show. So before we wrap it up here, uh, Dustin, if you don't have anything, if you have anything more to add, just uh, let me know. But uh, in the meantime, if you go to our social media channels, which are, if you're watching listed down below, they're at Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at no creds, req, facebook.com forward slash no creds, req. And on YouTube, it's youtube.com forward slash no creds, req subscribe, Hit the notification bell. That way you know when we go live on the podcast side. If you're listening on audio, subscribe to the podcast. Megaphone is our home, but you also listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, iHeart Radio, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you could be so kind to rate, five stars is preferred, and review, we might even read it on the air. For everyone who's been watching and commenting, we appreciate your joining along. If you're watching on replay on YouTube or Facebook,
1: we also appreciate you. Dustin, you have anything more to add before we wrap up tonight? No, I don't think so. I think we uh, we covered a lot. Uh, give me a tweet if you want to at ElDusto67. Follow me on Instagram. Don't post much, but you'll know when the show hits live. That's for sure. All right, and you can follow me personally at
0: WhoIsRyanMCC on Twitter and Instagram. But in the meantime. Thank you for watching and or listening to No Credentials Required where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We're presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media for my broadcast partner, Dustin Henry. I'm Ryan McCarthy. Thanks again. And we'll talk to you on we'll talk to you again live on Friday where we preview the conference championship games. It's gonna be a fun time. Hope you join us. Tune in.